From Grangeville to Lapway, we've got your District 2 breakdown right here on the Palouse PrepCast with Garrison Hardy. That's right. It's time for another edition of the Palouse PrepCast from IdahoSports.com, where we're talking about everything going on in District 2 athletics in the state of Idaho. I'm Brandon Bainey. Back after a one-week layoff, Garrison Hardy. Garrison, how are you? I'm doing well, Brandon. I uh, had a great time uh, at the conference out in uh, Lebanon, Tennessee. Met a lot of great people out there. Uh, listened to a lot of great speakers. Spoke with a lot of great businessmen. So uh, it was a blast. Uh, but I'm looking forward to getting out and calling some good football this week. Uh, it, so it, it's just great to be back. Yeah, well, we definitely missed you here on the PrepCast. So last week as a fill-in, uh, I got uh, Prairie's head football coach, Ryan Hasselstrom, and then his son, uh, star running back Brody Hasselstrom. And that was a lot of fun. So we had a good time. I, I said, uh, Coach Hasselstrom, if Garrison's ever gone again, I've got you on retainer. And he was like, I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> we'll hold off on that. But man, talk about a good pair of guests to have on. I mean, a lot a lot of wins under the Hasselstrom's name as w- with regards to Prairie. And, you know, his son's a pretty solid running back too, you know, so no big deal there. Yeah, he uh, he had just taken a, a visit to the College of Idaho to potentially play college football when we were talking to him last week. So that was kind of exciting. Uh, real quick, I did want to talk college football just for a second. I know you're a um, Washington State Cougars fan. Go yeah. Cougs. Okay. Right, see? Carry on. <laughs> and I've got to represent my Montana Grizzlies after go. they upset Washington in the opening week. As, As a, a Cougar fan, fan, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's the first time the Grizz had beaten Washington since like 1920. It had been over 100 years. Wow. Um, and then Washington last week goes and just gets their doors blown off by Michigan. So, you, I mean, you've got to be loving life, right? This is great. Yeah. You know, obviously Washington State hasn't gotten off to the hottest start losing to Utah State. But that's besides the point. We're talking about Washington right now. Uh, <laughs> at least we didn't lose to an FCS school. Uh, and then, you know, I, yeah, I, I kind of expected actually Washington to maybe have a bit of a bounce back at the big house, maybe not win, but make it a good game. Uh, that coach, the, the new coach there, uh, Chris Lake, I think it is. Yeah. Uh, he's got some, he's got some work to do, you know? So, uh, Husky fans, I, I went on their social media just to, uh, revel in their misery and, uh, they were, they were calling for his job already. And, uh, it, so it's kind of a, a mess over there right now, which is just great. So thank you to your program for uh, dispatching them for us. <laughs> well, when they beat Washington, Washington was the 20th ranked team in the country. How they were ranked in the top 25, I'll never know. But yeah, their recruiting class was solid. Yeah, that always seems to be the case. They're always in the top 25 when it comes to recruiting classes. So people always, you know, assume, well, then they're going to, that's going to translate to on the field and you think it would, but uh, Coach Peterson did that a little bit. Uh, you know, he was, I like Coach Peterson even when he went over there. Uh, but uh, yeah, they they just never really. They've always just been a B plus program, I would say. Yeah, well, I knew it had been a couple of weeks since I had seen you, and I knew we were. Go- I mean, I didn't know you were going to be repping your college team like I'm repping mine, but that right. worked out really nicely. So if yes. you want to see, if you want to see our uh, college football apparel, you can watch the video of this prep cast on the IdahoSports.com YouTube channel as well as our Facebook page. Or if you want the audio only, you can go to IdahoSports.com or download this podcast wherever you listen to your podcast. So, all right, let's uh, let's dive into uh, the high school scene and what's going on. 
I think we got to start with the Lewiston Bengals. They are 3-0 and on the season. They got into the top five in the media poll this week, Garrison. They're now the fifth-ranked team in the state, and they really had an easy time with Clarkston in a 54-13 to victory. There, There's the high-potent offense we're used to seeing from Lewiston. Absolutely, and uh, Jason and I have uh, been able to call two of their games thus far this season, both of them at home. Uh, except for that Clarkson game, which is the trip across the borders, but that takes them five minutes. So not really uh, in a way feeling game, but talk about a great start for Lewiston. And you mentioned that high powered offense. It's really been the return of uh, uh, Chris uh, of Hepburn, excuse me, Cruz Hepburn. And uh, the quarterback, Jace McCarcher, has done a fantastic job of orchestrating this offense and using his mobility uh, as a way to help push this offense up the field. Their receivers have stepped up. That was a point of concern for many people just because they had lost so many receivers. Uh, Jared Jelinek, that's a name that uh, I've called often. He's made some big plays, including a 100-plus yard interception return for a touchdown in one of the games we called. Uh, so Lewiston has some athletes, and they are scrappy on the defensive end. That defensive line has been, and offensive line rather, uh, has been great, which by the way, when we're talking about offense, that offensive line provides some great holes for their speedsters in the backfield um, to really make some moves. So, And that's why I think we're having seeing such a great start from the Bengals. Yeah, you talked about Jared Jelnick. He is a heck of a baseball player as well. If you've ever had a chance to watch him on, on the baseball diamond, he's outstanding. So yeah, and he's right. one of those newcomers to the varsity starting lineup this year that's done such a tremendous job for Lewiston. Okay, but now I think they get a pretty tough test this week. They're going to travel all the <laughs> way over to, to Yakima. Uh, that's a long trip for Lewiston. They're going to play Eisenhower High School. Uh, I know you know a little bit about Washington football. Do you know anything about Eisenhower as, as a program traditionally? or None at all, other than it's got a cool name. <laughs> so <laughs> uh, Obviously, Lewiston has had the advantage of being at home these first couple of weeks here. So now they officially get to go on the road for the first time, but because they've been at home to start things off, hopefully they're going to be well-rested and ready to go. Their offense has been in rhythm. Uh, they're going to have a lot of confidence going into this game. Uh, so you know, for me, the, this is a good first test, as you mentioned, but Lewiston should be firing on all cylinders. Yeah, so the Eisenhower Cadets, they are 2-0 and on the season, Garrison. A 14-12 win over uh Sela. am i saying that right Sela. i don't know i, I don't know my washington Sela, i think <laughs> uh and then and then 27 to 7 over east valley high school from yakima which is a nice win so two and oh and it'll be a, a battle of undefeated teams so we'll see if lewiston can continue its hot start to the season <laughs> keep up that, that top five ranking uh, as we move along, I think the next place we have to go is Moscow. Uh, I, I've I've had a hard time figuring out this Moscow team. Okay, they beat Grangeville <coughs> in a pretty low scoring game, and then last week they're taking on a, a Timberlake team that's a class below them in terms of size, right? Three A versus four A, and and they lose nineteen to sixteen. And Timberlake kind of ran the ball all over them. I just I'm having a hard time figuring out this Moscow team. Excuse me. Yeah, you know, um, you're fine. You're fine. Yeah, uh, with uh, with Moscow, you know, uh, we knew going into the season that they like to play vertically. That's one one of the things that they actually touched on in your preview uh, is they they love to be able to throw the ball over the top. They have a quarterback with some experience there, receivers with experience there. Their running back 
has experience as well. So we knew they would have liked to play up and down the field if they could. They just ran into a Grangeville team that, uh, well, they're the Bulldogs. They played like it, that's for sure. So they forced a tough defensive contest. And just because, uh, you know, a score may not be flashy and they have a hard time getting things going, it turns into more of a defensive grudge match. Doesn't necessarily, you know, uh, to me, uh, that was – we talk about this, you and I have talked about this uh, past weeks. It it takes the offense a little bit more time to catch up to things as far as momentum goes, getting the uh, plays in the correct order that you want, the players in the right spots. Uh, that, that takes a little bit more time to get together. So I guess I'm not all that surprised to see a bit of a slow start for Moscow, but then they really take off. Um, so uh, for, for me, uh, they're, they're catching up uh, at the right time here. Yeah, so for Moscow, that uh, tight loss to Timberlake, 19-16, to that's their first loss this season. They're 2-1. and one. They're still doing fine. <laughs> a little eye-opening for me, for sure. And then this week, Moscow gets ready for uh, one of those cross-state uh, rivalry games as they will welcome uh, Pullman to town, the Greyhounds. Uh, do you know much about this Pullman-Moscow rivalry series? Just that they don't like each other. <laughs> my, my dad, <clears throat> he played it. For Pullman back in the BC era, whenever that was, uh, and he essentially, when we we've driven past Moscow a couple times, said, "Oh, there's those bears." Uh, so he even remembers the rivalry and whatnot, and said, "Yeah, Pullman always had the upper upper hand." But again, he's biased. What do I know? Um, so uh, I know for a fact they don't like each other. There's always that Moscow Idaho border rivalry. Um, and uh, so I, I, we can certainly expect the, the same level of dislike and whatnot. Um, you know, Pullman's got a beautiful field, a beautiful facility. Uh, Moscow. Uh, it, did you say it was at Pullman or Moscow? Uh, Moscow is hosting. So Okay. So Moscow has got that home field advantage working for them. They've got themselves a home field advantage uh, as well. So uh, for me, Moscow certainly hoping to get back on the right track. They've shown that they can play defense. But there's that for them. Uh, the question is, are, are they going to be able to get this offense going up to speed? And boy, what a way to start if that were against Pullman. Well, and I'll tell you that favors well for this Pullman matchup because Pullman comes in 0-2, a 34 to nothing shutout loss against Zilla, and then a 28-7 to loss to Thompson. <laughs> they've, they've scored seven points in two games so far this year and two losses. So Moscow is a defensive team that sets up well for them. Let's talk about Grangeville next. Grangeville, we talked about how that really close uh, loss to Moscow in the season opener, and you thought, okay, yeah, they're looking pretty strong. No no shame in losing to a 4A school as a 2A opponent. But since then, Grangeville has lost two in a row. Now, they've come out and put together a pretty formidable schedule. Uh, they lost to Bonners Ferry 53 to nothing in a game that uh, Coach Adams uh Talking to the newspaper, the Lewiston Tribune said we kind of lost our cool at the end of the game and had some unsportsmanlike conduct penalties and things that aren't what we try to teach our guys. So it sounds like, you know, a couple things came off the rails there. Uh, and then last week they get shut out by Weezer, which is a three A 3A state title contender, forty to nothing. So through three games this year, they've only scored eight points. But I think if you just look at the record, zero and three. Um, you're missing the fact that Grangeville has put together a really tough schedule and they're they're a lot better than that 0-3 record indicates. Well, Coach Adams and the I'm sure the athletic director were really hoping that scheduling 
put scheduling tougher opponents would pay off for them when it came to playoff selection time and whatnot, because we, as we've discussed, uh, the, the selection is done a little bit differently and it entails the other team's rankings and the way they've finished and whatnot as well on your schedule. So uh, by, I'm sure they were hoping by scheduling some of these tougher opponents, uh, the, <clears throat> the playoff selection committee would see that going forward obviously hasn't gone the way they wanted. And as far as uh, some of the guys getting unsportsmanlike penalties towards the end of that game, it, you know, you hate to say it, but it's a little understandable. I mean, uh, it, when a situation like that, it's, it's demoralizing. It's, it's tough to swallow uh, all the, the Grangeville program has pride. So to be shut out in that fashion, <clears throat> excuse me again, uh, <coughs> that's all right go ahead you just uh, take a second uh garrison is coming off of uh, a little bit of a cold you know everybody it seems like everybody was sick this week at idaho sports will haneke was not feeling well i was having a hard time talking a couple days ago so we've all just passed it around to each other i guess i guess so yeah and to be fair i was around uh, over a thousand people at a conference and uh you know so could have been something from there but uh, i'm feeling much better it's not covid uh, just uh, had a had a day where I was out with maybe the man flu, as they call it, uh, <laughs> and then I, you know, been been back and feeling better. It's just this leftover stuff that loves to settle here and makes it hard to talk. But <clears throat> in any case, so when you when you have two back to back losses like that, I myself as a former player, we've all been through it, and I really think that's why football is one of the great builder up. I guess it, it really builds up strong men going forward so to have to go through such tough losses that they've gone through early on and just uh, if they're able to dust themselves off and move forward they're going to be able to look back and say man what a bunch of great lessons we learned from those games uh and uh, they should be able to use that to their advantage as they go forward in the season they still got some time left they still have a decent amount of their schedule left so if they're able to turn themselves around here uh, <clears throat> having gone against such tough competition, um, I, I really see that as boding well for them. Yeah, as I look at their schedule, it doesn't get any easier this week. They're hosting McCall Donnelly, a 3A program. They're only 2-0, by the way. The week after that, they host Kellogg. Well, they're 3-0. <laughs> they're undefeated. Um, and then they wrap up the season with a home game against Melba, which is expected to win their conference in uh, the District 3 in the 2A ranks as well. So you're talking about, I mean, they're putting all their eggs in that conference basket, right? The right. only games they have to win are St. Mary's and Orofino. They'll play those two teams in back-to-back -back weeks in October. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, I'm not saying it's going to happen, but you, I could easily see Grangeville winning the league with a 2-6 and six overall record, everybody taking them for granted when the playoffs roll around not factoring in the, the rigorous schedule that they played. And I can see Grangeville making a deep run despite that two and six record because they they're the only two A opponents they're playing are St. Mary's Orofino in their conference and then Melba at the end of the year. And that's another really solid two A team. So yeah, I mean it's it's crazy times all the way around, you know, with COVID last year and kind of leaking into this year, we talked about uh for Grangeville, Orofino and uh, St. Mary's none of them really got to play any football last year, maybe a couple of games. So they're highly, <clears throat> they're a little inexperienced, I guess you could say coming off of that. So, um, you know, it, it's weird times all around. Uh, I honestly wouldn't be surprised if that did play out. Uh, Grangeville has winning mentality at this program. So 
if they're able to win their league and then go into the playoffs, and like you said, people underestimate them uh, just because they see you know, maybe more losses than they have in the past. Who's to say? And that's why these games aren't played on paper. Jason and I have commented on that numerous times already. Um, so that who's to say? Yeah, for sure. It's it's really odd to see the, the all three teams in the Central Idaho League. That they're all winless. Uh, Grangeville is 0-3. St. Mary's is 0-3. Orofino is 0-2. It's very unusual uh, this far into the season to see that, but they're all playing such incredibly difficult schedules because of what happened last year. So. Right. Uh, White Pine League. Let's stop by the White Pine League. And uh, man, the most entertaining league in football. Every game is high scoring. <laughs> and that was the case again last week. Uh, as you look at the scoreboard, Genesee over Potlatch 62 to 36. Lapway shuts out Troy 58 to nothing. Kamii gets past Logos 50 to six. Uh, Prairie defeats Clearwater Valley 48 to 14. So the way the conference is setting up right now, Genesee is two and zero in the league. They're also two and zero overall. They haven't played any non-conference games. Prairie is one and zero. Camii is one and zero. Clearwater Valley is zero and one in the league and zero and two overall. But they've played Raft River and Prairie, probably two of the the three best teams in one AD one. So it's kind of settling in, kind of like we thought coming into the season, right? Where you've got those teams at the top, like Prairie and Genesee and Lapway and Kamii, and I would throw Clearwater Valley in there as well. CB's 0-2, but they've they've had a right. really tough schedule so far. I think it's going to be a lot of fun to watch these teams. You know, there, there's Prairie, and then I think there's everybody else. It's going to be fun to watch those other four teams duke it out. 100%. And, you know, I look at a team like Genesee, who last year had all the makings of challenging for a title, uh, but COVID cut it short. You know, they – they had a lot of COVID within their program, so they had to essentially shut it down four games into the season. Uh, and that was obviously the case for a lot of programs across the country. But uh, for as far as the White Pine goes, I thought Genesee could have very well been a challenger in the White Pine last year. And now we're seeing that carryover effect into this year to where they're looking like a really solid team. Uh, and obviously it's just a couple of games into the season, but they're showing that they, they mean business. They got those reinforcements from Colton. Uh, just just over the border into Washington, who, because of restrictions, they haven't been able to really do much of anything. So they just came over to Genesee, and those reinforcements, especially in eight-man football, are crucial just because sometimes injuries happen, and it, it's just nice to have extra bodies. So look out for Genesee. Lapway, they've kind of surprised us. Uh, you and I were talking earlier before the season even started about uh, they lost a lot of experience from years past. Well, Titus year out, he's been a stud uh, that he's, you know, he's incredibly mobile at his position. So look out for them. And they're, they just always have talented athletes all over the field. And for them to compete against that, what was it? Oakley early in the season? Yeah. Oakley. Yeah. For them to compete like they did against Oakley, who, by the way, won it all last season. Uh, that, that was impressive in its own right. And then, as you said, with, with Prairie, they're always up there. We know that. Uh, they've kind of established uh, an empire, so to speak. Uh, but then with, you, with even with Clearwater, even though it's been a slow start for them, I don't take too much into consideration for that because there's still a lot of leveling out that we're going to see throughout this conference. Uh, a lot of pieces are going to fall into place, and I think they're going to get their fair share of wins when all is said and done. So like you said, it's going to be interesting to see how this top four, I guess you could say, levels out as we get closer to playoff time and as they start running into each other more often in some of these matchups. Um, 
So obviously Prairie, I would probably put them as the favorite, but I, I look forward to seeing when they play some of those other top flight teams in the, in the conference. Yeah, it's, it's going to be a lot of fun for sure. Um, Titus, you're out. You mentioned he he did recently commit to the University of Idaho to play basketball, which is so right. awesome for a kid from Lapway to go play D1 basketball is fantastic. I think he's probably the best athlete at quarterback in the league, but I think the best overall quarterback is actually Angus Jordan from Genesee. I've been really impressed with the way uh, he's delivered the football in the passing game for, for Genesee in their 2-0 start. So Angus Jordan is a guy to keep an eye on for Genesee as, as they move along. If we look at the schedule this week, it's actually a pretty good slate of games. You've got Clearwater Valley, 0-2, trying to rebound. Well, <laughs> it doesn't get any easier, Garrison. They host Genesee. So, oh, you know, no. they might be staring down the barrel of an 0-3 start, but, I mean, I think they're still going to be okay. It's just a really, really tough schedule to start things off. You've got a pair of 1-0 teams in league play, Kamii at Lapway. That's going to be a de facto elimination knockout type game to see who can finish ahead of each other. I think Kamii and Lapway, Lapway are, are pretty evenly matched. And then Prairie hosts Logos in the other conference game. There is a uh, non-conference game, and that's actually going to be a game that you're going to be at, Garrison, as Potlatch travels to Deary in a D1 versus D2 matchup. You and Jason Hansen will have the uh, have the call of that Friday night at 7 o'clock on idahosports.com. And I'm excited about that call. Uh, last time we went to Deary, first of all, again, you and I have talked about the scenery of District 2 quite a bit. I think we've got some of the best scenery in all of Idaho when it comes to football stadiums. So uh, just take note of that, people. But uh, for Deary, they've got to be right up there. I mean, you've got the mountains right in the background of the stadium from where we can see it from the press box. Uh, they're all kind of closely packed in around the field. Uh, and then the whole town really does show up and cheer on their team. Uh, so um, the last time we were out there, uh, the Mustangs were taking on uh, the Kendrick Tigers. Both of them were undefeated at the time as well, uh, if I remember that correctly. And it was it, it was quite the game, and Kendrick would ultimately come out on top. But uh, nonetheless, they've got a great atmosphere. Uh, the the whole town really pulls for Deary. So uh, Potlatch, they they've got to come ready to go. Um, both kind of logger towns, so to speak. Uh, so let's see if the loggers can make Deary uh, their town for that night. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, you did mention Kendrick. They are off this week, but last week they did a neutral site game. They went to Parma. It's kind of like college football. They they traveled to Parma to play Oakley in a non-conference uh, neutral site game, D1 versus D2. Now they were shut out 52 to nothing. And if you just looked at the final score, Okay, yeah, Kendrick was overmatched, and are they really a top five team in D two? Yes, I still think they are, but it was only sixteen to nothing at halftime, and even midway through the third quarter, it was still a fairly close, competitive game. And then it was kind of in the fourth quarter when Oakley, uh, just their depth and, and talent took over. I think so. Kendrick, I don't think there's much to be discouraged by. Yeah, fifty two to nothing loss doesn't look great, but they're two and one. They're still doing fine. They're still the favorites up there in District Two for for D two football, and I think they're still a a sleeper team that can make a really deep run in the playoffs. Well, as you were describing the game against Oakley, I was just going to comment on how the end Oakley likely had way more depth, and that that really does pay dividends when it comes to finishing off games or just a, a adding to your lead and whatnot. And 
Um, you know, Kendrick likely ran out of steam, which is completely understandable after going against a, a team like Oakley uh, for so long and battling them very well, might, might I add. Uh, so for them to go toe-to-toe with them for as long as they did, admirable, especially for the numbers that they had. Now, of course, that you know, uh, that's not to say that a team with less numbers can't beat bigger teams. That's certainly not the case. It's just that Oakley's incredibly talented in their own right. So that's just an extra disadvantage to go up against them for Kendrick. So Kendrick, nothing to be discouraged about. Uh, pick up, dust off, learn what you can learn about that game and move on to the next one. They've still got a bright future in this you know, in this season. Uh, and they're certainly going to be a force to be reckoned with uh, down the road. Yeah. So it'll be a lot of fun. They get a week off to uh, kind of heal from their, from their wounds and, and then they'll get back into action next week. So that's kind of the football rundown Garrison. I did want to give a special shout out real quick to a couple of volleyball teams up in the, uh, in the white pine league, because it's been really impressive. The Troy Trojans and uh, potlatch. Those two teams have been pretty consistently ranked one and two in the one uh, AD one volleyball coaches poll thus far. And it just so happens those two teams are going to play uh, four nights from now. They're going to meet up on Monday night, a little Monday night volleyball. How about that at potlatch? Troy will travel to potlatch in a game that could determine who is going to be in the driver's seat in that white pine league. We know Troy has such good talent. Morgan Blazard is a great uh, outside hitter. She recently committed to Eastern Washington to play volleyball, which is super exciting from a small community like Troy. Um, Potlatch comes in with a 9-2 and two record. Troy is 8-3, and three, and I think it's so awesome that uh, the White Pine League uh, is being so well represented in volleyball, not just in the district, but, but on a statewide level also. Absolutely. I followed that uh, Troy versus Genesee volleyball game a little bit just because Genesee is always right there when it comes to volleyball. They're probably a step just behind Troy. And I know a lot of Genesee fans are going to hate me to hate that I said that just because they're, they've kind of got that rivalry going on there. But uh, as you said, Morgan Blazard, what an athlete. Not surprised at all to hear she's going on to the next level. Um, I've, I've seen her on the basketball side of things. She's not as natural when it comes to basketball, but her athleticism still really comes through in on the defensive end and just that natural instinct overall. Um, so to have this high scale of a matchup, I haven't really gotten to see potlatch play, but nine and two, eight and three, that speaks for itself. So, uh, for stay tuned folks this Monday night, uh, what a really cool matchup we get to see Monday night volleyball, as you said, uh, so uh, stay tuned and uh, keep an eye out for the score on that one. A uh, couple of very athletic and talented teams going at it there. Yeah, well, so we'll talk more about that match on next week's episode of the Police Prepcast, and of course, all the football action as well because it's a, another good slate of games. As uh, finally, White Pine League is starting to get into conference play. Lewiston, of course, still in the non-conference portion, as is Moscow. But man, it's I can't believe we're already on week four already garrison i can't i can't even wrap my head around that oh, i was just talking to some co-workers here i just how much time has flown uh, next thing you know we're going to be talking about october we're just two weeks away uh so it, this has got to be my favorite time of year is uh, the the weather's getting cooler which for a ginger is fantastic uh and uh, it, football is abound high school sports are just moving it in general uh this is a great time of year and uh, I, I look forward to being able to call more games here with IdahoSports.com. Yeah. So, again, uh, Friday night, 
uh, in Deary. They will host Potlatch, and you can catch that game on IdahoSports.com with Garrison Hardy and Jason Hansen. All right, that'll do it for and this if edition. I can interject really quickly. Yes. Uh, Jason is going to be out again here in the next couple of weeks for the Lewiston Post Falls game, I believe. I've got my dad roped in to take his spot, so it's going to be a Hardy Boys special. And I'm also going to see if I could get my brother, Dawson Hardy, to join in on that broadcast as well. It would really be the Hardy Boys right there, and then we'd try to hunt down Nancy Drew. But we'll stay tuned on that. <laughs> a little three-man booth. I like it. You know, you guys are going to have to the, – the bar was set pretty high. Peyton Manning and Eli Manning did a yeah. special – Manning Brothers broadcast of Monday Night Football uh, earlier this week on ESPN. I don't know if you saw that or heard about that, but it went really I well, did. actually. <laughs> so, no, it was fantastic to see their insight and whatnot. And, uh, you know, I don't know if Dawson and I could compare on that level, but Dawson does like to think of himself as a fantasy football expert. So uh, maybe he could bring that to the table. <laughs> All right, well, we'll see if the Hardys can stand up to the Mannings in, in a couple of weeks. But uh, for this week, Deary hosting Potlatch, and that should be a lot of fun. So uh, thanks for tuning into this edition of the Palouse PrepCast on IdahoSports.com. For Garrison Hardy, I'm Brandon Bainey. Enjoy the games this weekend, everybody, and we'll see you back here next week on IdahoSports.com.